Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. And in fact, this is actually the last episode we are recording in 2018, although it's getting released in 2019, like last time. I'm just making some assumptions that the cold, harsh light of 2019 is going to look very similar to the cold, hard, <laughs> harsh light of 2018. It's still January. Right. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe something will drastically change in how we perceive fan fiction. (laughs) Yeah, we started this back in August, I want to say. So we'd already been exposed to the cold, harsh light of 2018. I feel like 2019 is full of possibilities. We may have a warm and light, hardly amused light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can only hope. Yeah. I guess we're just talking about the fanfic today. Oh, well, I guess we can ask about Christmas. Well, how was everyone's new year? It's yet to happen yet. I don't know. (laughs) Well, but you should know by the time this is released. Therefore, you should know now. Okay, so I'll just edit it in then. Smell <laughs> <laughs> mm. seems inauthentic. <laughs> My New Year's was fine and also good. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Went for a walk. <laughs> I did went for a walk. <laughs> in any case, it's irrelevant because our fan fiction today is set a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. Not long, long time ago, far away? Uh, no, that would be... There's not a song or something? <laughs> <laughs> I can still remember how that music used to make me feel. Oh, yeah. Well, there is that Weird Al cover that's episode one based, which is my preferred form of Star Wars episode one. Not... Uh, oh, wait. We guess we didn't read... They did a, This author did a Star Wars episode one that is did different. They? I right? didn't know that. It seems like they implied that they did. No, yeah. they, they implied it, but they didn't. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yes. In any case, yes, our fan fiction today is Fall of the Republic, a piece of Star Wars fan fiction from 1983 by John L. Flynn. Mm. And it comes with its own interesting backstory that may take as long to talk about as the fanfic itself, because it's very <laughs> short. Well, it's not much of a fan thing that's just like a short spec script. It's a spec script, yeah, but yeah. it was written by a fan. Right. And you can have fan fiction in script form. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah, <laughs> I'm saying that's what we're looking at. Right. The deal is, this is a spec script for Star Wars Episode Three that a fan named John L. Flynn wrote and sent to George Lucas. And George Lucas was like, yeah, we're not using this to film a movie, but you can publish it as fan fiction as long as you don't make a profit off of it. And John L. Flynn said, great, I'll do that. And he started selling copies at conventions for apparently like $4 each, like nicely bound, you know, printed out and all that. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else, some unscrupulous fan, saw the profit potential in it, bought a copy, rebranded it as a leaked script of episode three from Lucasfilm, and started selling it for $15 a copy (laughs) with like a nice professional looking cover and stuff. I do like how this like scheme involves charging $10 more. <laughs> Which is also hilarious because I don't feel like this reads like an actual like film script would read in any way. Even a spec script. Like, I mean, it's not that it's badly written or anything. It just doesn't have the same flow. Hmm, I don't know much about uh, film pitches. Yeah, this isn't even a script. It's just an outline. It's just not a script. Like, it's very, uh, it's very loose. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe if they're branding it as, like, George Lucas's loose notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My information about this uh, is coming from the fan lore article about the fanfic. And, uh, I mean, obviously, 
there was a bit of a hullabaloo and for many many years afterwards fans were going online to like the early star wars news groups or whatever being like hey i have a copy of this script and they're all like we know (laughs) (laughs) that's one of a kind (laughs) it's interesting because it the funny part is like obviously someone else did the same thing but this person's just happened to be the one that people thought was other people did the same thing how do you mean i mean maybe people other did. people must have written their own versions but maybe no one published them and and sold them at cons yeah. i don't know maybe not as um well marketed just yes yeah. thank you that is exactly what i was gonna say mm-hmm. now the early copies are apparently from january 82 mm-hmm. uh or it's unclear whether it's 82 or 83 it seems like maybe the draft that's out there is post-Return of the Jedi, and so the author yeah. had all three movies to work with. I was going to say Return of the Jedi was th- th- in 83, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I but, believe. I'm not 100% on that. But that is all this author had to work with, and this is, of course, supposed to be the episode chronologically set before A New Hope. Right. Right. And should we jump into discussing it? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, to begin with, they do a volcanic duel but well oh no 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 to begin with it's the text crawl right excuse me so who's going to read it who's going to hum the music (laughs) long ago in a galaxy far far away the old republic was crumbling (laughs) let's not do that actually it sounds terrible (laughs) i'm I'm sure it does (laughs) anyway to summarize the old republic is in decline power hungry technocrats and bureaucrats are in office one ambitious senator is plotting to destroy the Jedi. Was it established that Palpatine had formerly been a senator in the original trilogy? You know, that's fascinating. I, I don't think it was. don't think that it was at it all. Must have, must have been in episode four, and if in any of them, they talked about maybe the Senate, the Senate briefly. The Senate being dissolved, I think. Yeah, they said the Senate being dis- was dissolved, but... But I don't recall them saying that Palpatine was a senator. Maybe it's briefly mentioned. I, maybe it is. I'm not enough huh. of a Star Wars continuity nerd. Also, as a side note... I love the word technocrat, even though I have no idea what it means. <laughs> or perhaps is it just oh. a technical aristocrat? <laughs> it's, I, no, it's, it's like an it's like an autocrat, but like with technology. It's like people somebody with access to the technology and that uh, other people don't right. exactly yeah. who rule via access to it's not technology. A humanoid robot that's made to be extra fancy no. and invite have throw fancy parties. <laughs> no. Technocracy is actually a world word, so I can see where they came from. This like a hmm. a world in which people are, like the rulership is who has the most technology, and the technocracy is a villain from the X Men comics of the nineties. Mm-hmm. A whole technocracy, an entire technocracy. <laughs> but it's funny because it's like access to technology is access to money, anyways. So I don't really know where they're going with this, except yeah. that it's very specific to sci-fi, I suppose. Well, it sounds sci-fi as fuck. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where going. In any case, so it's saying like the the people these bad people are working their way into office and like seizing power and like the integrity of the government's being compromised in that way. But then the text crawl says that. Hoping to restore virtue and the remembered glory of the Republic, the High Council of Senators dispatched the Jedi Knights to go look for a MacGuffin crystal, mm-hmm. which is supposed to <laughs> blah da blah da blah da unite the disaffected among the people and blah da blah da destroy the corruption the around Kyber them. Kyber crystal. I think I've heard that before. I think they have newer Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Wars series is where they search for the Kyber crystal. Interesting. I think that's a Star Wars canon thing. Then this author may I, I don't know what was around so, in Star Wars canon back then. Uh, maybe 
maybe initial draft scripts they had, because they introduced this as saying it's from the Journal of the Wills, which was a concept that Lucas was considering as a framing device in his early mm-hmm. drafts, that like this was all stuff about the Jedi written by this group or something yes. called the Wills. Bunch of Wills. Something I was going to say is, yeah, I think there was at 83 some extended universe stuff, like... I don't know if the glove of Darth Vader had come out at that point. It's probably too soon for that, but I don't know the Marvel comic. Maybe, maybe? it did. Yeah, I don't. Some definitely people were writing some Star Wars extended universe stuff, and I don't know how publicly available it was or where it was, but there were other things they could have drawn on. And I was gonna say that because I don't know if Senator Palpatine. Maybe that appeared in some other media. Other yeah, maybe films. my chronology is not perfect, so. While the Jedi Knights are dispatched on a quest to retrieve the lost kyber crystal, which is a small diamond-like object which intensifies the power of the Force. But Senator Palpatine also, quote, foreseeing that the crystal would secure his position as Emperor somehow, deceived one of the Jedi Knights and sent him to acquire the crystal. And this is presumably all episode two stuff. Yeah. Because I really do not understand what led up to this at the beginning of this movie. Like, there's nothing in this movie. It's just, this is a um, third in a trilogy where we haven't seen the, the other two. Right. Right. It's just, okay, I assume that, you know, you know, Anakin's on the senator's side at this point. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Cool. And this is where I assumed that the author had written a first and a second one as well, especially because they use some quotes. Like, there's one point where they, like, reference this. And I thought that was <laughs> another thing they had written. But yeah, who knows? Anyway. So it starts off with Anakin Skywalker, who, by the way, they describe as a handsome, swarthy man with a dignified stature. Yeah, swarthy. And, like, his kids are both pretty, like, blonde, well, blonde and blue-eyed. Uh, to be fair, my kids are pretty blonde-haired and blue-eyed That's also. That's true, and you're relatively swarthy. I'm relatively swarthy. I was blonde <laughs> as a little kid, too. I'm also a handsome man with a dignified stature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dom, actually, I was blonde as a kid, too. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I goes. was too, so. Yeah. Well, you, aren't you still? Yeah, but that's fake. It's <laughs> fake blonde. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I know you thought I was a real blonde. Uh, so many illusions shattered. So the mm-hmm. Kyber Crystal is an actual thing. It's got a huge entry on Wikipedia. I'm not sure where it started, but like, I probably heard of it from Kotor 2, mm. where they talked about it. Well... Anakin Skywalker just finds it using his lightsaber as a divining rod. He's like, oh, here it is. And he picks it up. And then he immediately gets into a uh, deadly duel with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's on a volcanic planet with, like, cataclysmic earthquakes and spouts of flame. And it's all very end of episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shockingly. It's pretty cool, actually. I was like, oh, this is... I feel like I can imagine this because I literally saw it in theaters. Actually, this was the point in which I went back up to the top to go, wait, when was this published? Because <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd read it wrong, and I was not wrong. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool because Anakin like... gets gets fried in scene one, pretty much. Yeah, he does. At the very beginning of the movie, it's a, it's a strong start. And it's cool because like, if you think about this as, as a prequel, we, as people who've seen the uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth movies, mm-hmm. all know that the, uh, um, Anakin... and uh, Obi-Wan have a falling out, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. fight, and uh, Anakin gets injured, burnt, and then becomes Darth Vader. So, like, what did happen with the actual prequel is, like, we were watching the whole thing, like, waiting for that moment, because right. we knew that was happening. Right. But if you write it knowing that everybody's assuming that, then if you get that right off the bat, then you don't have to sit there and wait for it the whole time, and you can actually talk about it and develop new things and move on. That's true. You have 
avenues of suspense in other ways because yeah, y- you all knew this was coming in yeah. one way or another. Yeah, and jumping off that, like, they filled in the gaps in between there and what happened, you know, in the next several years, which was nice. Like, they didn't necessarily fill in all of those years. We'll get to that. But it was kind of disappointing that there was such a huge time skip between episode three and episode four, knowing that there's no episode three and a half. Yeah. (laughs) So that's never going to be explained to us exactly what happened. Well, that's not true because there's so many Star Wars spinoffs coming out now that Uh, very well could be. Yeah, okay. And so, like, if you're watching this movie in the theaters, you you start off going, oh, okay, the only thing I know was going to happen happened. Now it happens. Now I just have to enjoy the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Anakin loses his footing as he does and falls into lava as he does. But in this case, it's a pit of molten lava. And Kenobi goes over and looks down. He's like, well, he's super dead. With tears in his eyes and anguish in his heart, Obi-Wan picks up Anakin's lightsaber, because he needs to have that, Mm -hmm. and bids a sad farewell to the body of his friend. Right. So scene two, it switches to, this is... um, I'm blanking on the actual canon name of the center of the Republic. Coruscant? Coruscant. It's Coruscant, except it's Jan, Jan, Jantor. Well, but that's weird, though, because the author would have clearly known about Coruscant. Why? Because it was in the first, the episodes three, episodes four, five, and six. Was it? Yeah, that's where Lando's from. It is? Yes. I do not remember that. It's been a while since I've seen those <laughs> Yes, Lando lives in Coruscant, and they go there for his help. No, they go into Cloud City. Oh, you're right. Yep. But Coruscant was in the Monopoly game. <laughs> I had Star Wars Monopoly as a kid. That's okay. maybe why I'm getting them confused. I'm not sure where Coruscant entered the official Star Wars canon. But it was after the original trilogy. Okay, maybe I'm remembering from the books. Why do I think Lando? Okay. Well, the capital here is Jantor. I'm going to something up. <laughs> need to Hold know when that Monopoly game was published and how it fits into canon. Well, how Coruscant canon was, was the one that was worth the most. Anyway, moving uh, on. Tori, in Star Wars Monopoly, can I play as a hut? Is that one of the pieces no. I can play? Oh. Um, the pieces... I remember the pieces where I think they were like Luke and Leia and R2-D2 and C-3PO. If I'm going to be buying land... Darth Vader's helmet? (laughs) (laughs) I do not recall, but that would be funny (laughs) as like the top hat. If I'm going to be a wealth-seeking landlord, I want the options to be a hut, Lando... Um, I'm going to say Jawa because you usually say Jawa about these things. I was yes, about to say Jawa. It appears in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Coruscant appears in the Return of the oh, Jedi. Oh, okay. Well, just saying. It, it, it's Jantor here. I'll okay. say it could have been a capital that got moved after the Empire. Yeah, just, sure. You, you can you can hand away or lampshade a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, it's kind of fun that with the opening crawl because they talk about the corruption of the Empire. Uh, corruption of the Senate turning into an Empire, which is a fun historical mirror over what happened with um, Rome and mm-hmm. Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Just the slow corruption of all the people. And, like, people talk about the how sad it was that the Senate was destroyed. But at that point, the Senate was extremely corrupt and mm-hmm. kind of worse. <laughs> and the Galactic Senate is also corrupt because this scene is basically Palpatine in his Senate chambers, and he's got a sidekick named Prince Valerium, who's just a, a jerk. <laughs> um, unlike Palpatine, who is a jerk but also... A villain. I, I don't mind you saying Palpatine, but Palpatine. I do mind you switching between Palpatine and Palpatine. What am I supposed to say? I, what, what, listen to your heart, but Palpatine, <laughs> I think. But, Palpatine. But just stick to one. <laughs> Palpatine is saying... <laughs> I'll say it differently every time. Uh. Palpatine. <laughs> okay, one thing I do want to say is that Coruscant is known as the... was known as the Imperial Center during the Imperial era. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm... 
I'm reading more, but I would say that it was perhaps after the Imperials fully took control that became more of the booming metropolis than it is. That they moved the capital. They moved the capital. So Chanter was there like before that. Anyway, no matter what we say, we're going to have the real Star Wars nerds shouting at us if any of them are listening. I'm just going to assume it's in... I don't know enough. Whatever. Also, it's theoretically the homeworld of a human species. Oh, that's weird. I know. Anyway, Pal Diddy is expositing <laughs> about how he has blackmailed most of the High Council, but he's concerned with three senators who cannot be swayed. Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, and Tara Courtney. Um, <laughs> Which doesn't sound like a very Star Wars name, but yeah, all right. Tara, Cor- Tara maybe, Courtney not so much. Yeah. So basically he's going to try to eliminate them and then have his troops take over the spice and mineral mines and blockade the commercial shipping lanes. And just like Star Wars Episode One, as soon as they start talking about shipping lanes and such, I'm, I just glaze over it. Yes, but they don't dwell on it. That, that is true. It is an improvement. It's also not in the opening text crawl. Right. That's also good. <laughs> so far, an improvement. Um, a couple of his personal guard or young officers named Lieutenant Mahdi and Commander Tarkin, who we'll, we probably won't hear from again, right. are like, but what about the Jedi? And Palpatine is like, I know how to deal with that. <laughs> I'm sorry mm. if I made you self-conscious. <laughs> I'm a little self-conscious. <laughs> and Palpatine has a crystal ball that he strokes like Queen Beryl and like, you know, there's, it's actually technology or whatever. There's latitude and long- longitude lines and it shows him an image of Sigma Vulcanus these images combine and crystallize on the single image of the dead Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, he's dead. But he fell into a pool of molten lava. Yeah. Like, and now it's like he's just lying there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yep. Uh, you know, you get all those corpses from all the lava accidents. Well, he's yes. still alive, by the way. No, he's dead. Well, no, he's, he's dead... dead. Yeah, okay, and you're it's, right. It's kind of a cool scene it, next. It's not clear whether yeah. he's fully dead or not, I guess, is but what I'm it, trying to say. I'd they okay. say he's dead. You I'd be okay with the scene, because like, the next scene from it is pretty awesome. Right, right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like Four shadowy figures, you can only see their dark hooded robes. They approach the charred, motionless body of Anakin Skywalker, and they like place him on the ground, and they begin to tend to his injuries. I like this quote, One robe figure motions to the other, Bring me the herbs and remedies. He actually says nothing, but is instantly understood by the others. And I can totally just imagine this. It feels mm-hmm. like a very Star Wars scene. Yeah. Like, really? and so... The, wow, who are all these cool characters? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so they sprinkle him with herbs and spices, and, you know... <laughs> Bacti, I assume. <laughs> Bacti. Herbs and spices. Give him some chapstick, like... <laughs> and then the fourth... They break begins... out the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul the wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> and the fourth begins to chant, and we see the lifeless body of Anakin Skywalker stir. Then we yeah. come to Dagobah, mm-hmm. which is apparently, in this continuity, just where Yoda lives, like, full-time. Because, like, why not? Where else is Yoda? I mean, he seems like he's a swamp creature, sure, I guess. I mean, were we ever given any indication that he doesn't live there? Only like, that he's in hiding. Yes. And if it was known that he lived there, then probably something would have happened. Or that Yoda it, was in hiding at this point also. So that's, a, uh, that, that's a possibility. That's yeah. unexplored. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. It's, I feel like something that I always felt as a kid from the movies, like, I think did, the movies did indicate that he was in hiding, but, like, not 
till the end. I always felt like it was like some sort of familiar planet to him that he was like very comfortable in. Like maybe not his home, but mm-hmm. like something he definitely made a home out of. Yeah. I don't know. And Obi-Wan's there. Uh, Obi-Wan went to talk to Yoda and he's unhappy because he had to kill Anakin. Mm. They have a weird conversation. <laughs> Anakin's like, I have failed, Master Yoda. And Yoda says, wait, who's going to do the Yoda voice? <laughs> uh, not me. I, I don't do a good Frank Oz, I think. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying any of us will do a good one. <laughs> well, I can give it a shot. I, I don't have it pulled up because I don't think I can. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd love to, but... I'm... Most important lesson you have learned. Oh, no, no, that's the second Is that part. one? Oh, no, okay. I'm going to try it. No good is it yet to teach you when you have not yet learned patience, humility. Yeah, that, that's no, that's worse than I expected. <laughs> yeah, I know. I told you it was going to be bad. <laughs> um, and then Obi-Wan says, But Anakin was my friend. The Force was with him very strongly, and I thought that I could be as good a teacher as you were with me. I fear my mistake may have terrible consequences for the galaxy. And then Yoda says, Most important lesson have you learned. Now a great burden you carry. Okay, mine was more authentic, though. I just wasn't trying. Try. I wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah, at least I tried, Amato. But here's the thing. Yoda, Obi-Wan says, I have failed. And Yoda's like, ah, oh, you haven't learned patience and humility. And then Obi-Wan's like, I have failed again. And then Yoda's like, oh, you've learned a great lesson. I, I just don't get the flow of the conversation. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but Yoda reveals that Anakin's not dead and that thing, bad things are going to be going down. Well, no, because doesn't he say that I thought I could be as good a teacher as you were with me? Mm-hmm. And Yoda's implication is the lesson he learned is that he couldn't have been that teacher. Yeah, but he was just elaborating on his failure. He didn't, like, have a change of what he was saying. No, but his lesson, like, Yoda's saying it's a good thing that he's learned his lesson about this. Yeah, no, don't he's try saying, to like, teach anyone even again. Though, well, no, he's <laughs> saying even though you failed in this, like, you've learned that you couldn't have succeeded in it. And... I think it's supposed to be, because Yoda is cryptic, more along the lines of, like, you learned that this person, you weren't able to save him and maybe no one else would have been able to. Like, Mm. not that you failed necessarily. Like, he's like, I failed, I failed. But, like, he's saying you learned that no matter how hard you try with certain people, you're not Mm going to save them. That was my takeaway. I might have been reaching, but it was Star Wars, so I reached for the positive meaning. I'm sure they'll make it clearer when they, you know, go over the script a few times. Yeah, yeah. Before they film it. Yeah. I when they actually skip... produce this movie. I just kind of skipped this entire part. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exposition, yeah. Basically, Obi-Wan's <laughs> like, oh, I've got to go, i got to go fight what Palpatine's doing in the Old Republic. He thinks of the lives of his friends, Lady Arcadia Skywalker and mm-hmm. Bail Organa. And so he heads off to Jandor. Which is already a cooler sounding character than, yeah. Arcadia Skywalker? That's a pretty Star Wars name. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> So, name. Lady Arcadia. <laughs> that's the first we've heard of him, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got another main character who I'm sure we're already supposed to know if this was actually in episode three. Yeah. Which is Captain now, Antilles. Is it supposed to actually be Wedge? No, it's supposed to be Wedge's father, father. I'm sure. Yeah, it's like mustache 30-year-old, but yeah, Wedge is only like 30 years old. Wedge was not a mustache 30-year-old at this time in continuity, no. No, he would have only been like 30 years old in the like original continuity. So like this must be his dad. That was where I was confused. I was like, are they just making a mistake about how old he is? Because I couldn't remember how old he was actually supposed to be. 20, 30? I don't know. It's got to be a parent. He's got to be his parent. Wait, yeah, it's got to be. Anyway, he's got a shipping vessel of some kind. He runs into the blockade that Palpatine 
Palpatine is setting up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amada. Just forget about it. Live your, <laughs> live your bliss. <laughs> He's also got 3PO with him. And that's really about it. He's boarded by some of Palpatine's guys. Um, and we can probably actually go a little bit faster in terms of what happens in this, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we meet Arcadia Skywalker, Lady Arcadia Skywalker, <laughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. And she's a senator. No, she's not a senator. She's not a senator. She's like yeah. a big she's a wig beautiful in, matron. And she's a big wig in trade. Yeah, in the yeah. Traders Guild or something they've right. established. The tr- something Runners Guild. Yeah. Um, she hears of that senator with the non-Star Wars name being assassinated, Tara Courtney. She's dead now. We don't have to worry about her name anymore. Good. Um, <laughs> I know. They took care of that swiftly. <laughs> And she's already had a falling out with Anakin over the course of however long. And so she's got an unborn child or two inside her, and she's worried about her safety, understandably, because Palpatine's seizing power. Yeah. And Was this the point where uh, Palpatine mentions that, like, they're going to start rounding people up? Yeah. Yeah. And so she's trying to get out of there with her, like, diplomatic immunity from some source, but... But Palpatine comes in and he's like, oh, no, you are being placed under protective custody because of all this chaos going on. Because I want to control your your spouse. Exactly. Yes. And speaking of controlling a spouse, we have a scene seven. Unfortunately, our recording equipment had a 17-second long dropout here where we started to describe the whole first half of this next scene. In this scene, we are introduced to the monastic order of the Sith, who are some mysterious hooded figures who revive Darth Vader and then start kind of training him in their secret monastery on this planet. And that's why Tori starts talking about them making wine or cheese in this monastery. They actually don't have a monastery. They're just described as the monastic order of the Sith. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, it wasn't my joke, because I, I don't remember thinking about monks making wine or cheese. That, I don't think I ever knew that. That definitely was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I can't blame me for that one. <laughs> Treat high atop a mountain ridge. So definitely a place to make cheese. Are they a cheese-making monastery or a wine-making monastery? Mm. Or beer, maybe, also. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a cool montage where they forge a set of armor for Anakin. They amputate his arms and limbs that no longer function and encase the torso in his armor. I did not know that was a thing for Darth Vader, but oh, I guess yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, yeah, his limbs are robotic. Oh, right. yeah, they've always been robotic. All so. right, cool, cool. Um, that's been known. The thing that confuses me, though, is when they, like, cast his skull. Cast? No, they put Would a skull-like they... mask on him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Skull-like oh, appearance. They okay. forged battle armor and metal breathe screen, skull-like in appearance. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Cover his demo- demolished visage. And yes. then visage. They, visage. I like how you say that. I'm a technocrat. Visage. visage, but all right. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they he gets a training montage in dark sorcery and the sinister machinations of the force and how to make a better lightsaper 201, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. Using a sh- fragments of the shattered kyber crystal. And Vader's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm only alive because of these people, and I have no way off this planet, and they're teaching me stuff and whatever. Yeah. He knows he's being trained as a power weapon, and yet he cannot conceive why. But eventually he runs out of patience and strikes down one of the the hooded teachers, only to discover... Da-da-da. There's nothing underneath. Da-da-da. They were wearing nothing underneath the robe. Oh. No, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like his reaction to this. I like this line, though. He's like, 
Strikes out in rage at one of his hood teachers, only to discover an empty robe. He is momentarily terror-stricken and then mystified as one by one the hood figures vanish in a strangely compelling way. <laughs> what does that mean? To reveal a 3D holographic image of Palpatine. A strangely compelling way. I'm just like... Okay. I, I think it'd be like one of those um, fades where you have the person, you have the stunt person in the cloak, then like it, the uh, other shot is like the folk, the cloak fall, falling to the ground, but it's shot in slow motion and it's a slow fade in between the, the two images. Hmm. So you almost think you're going to see someone naked? No, just like the, just, just like bad 80s <laughs> editing where, yeah. where you just have like, instead of like special effects, they just slowly fade the two images. Yeah, That's very possible. Probably. I'm just struggling to find what's compelling about that, but all right. And I think that's how you do com- compelling in eighties cinematography. Okay. I totally believe you. Palpatine reveals himself as a three D image and is like, "Yep, I saved you. It was my will that saved you and sustained you, that kept you alive, that gave you that life again. You owe your life to me." And Vader's like, "Yeah, okay. Uh, so I guess I'll <laughs> serve you now." And I mean, I was serving you before, but now I now I'll extra I... serve you. Uh, Palpatine does remind him that he has the power to crush him should he desire. I'll, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Raising someone from the dead remotely and then training them in a little monastery school that makes cheese probably remotely. <laughs> makes <laughs> cheese even though they're disembodied. <laughs> well, for exportatory. Well, they're also not completely disembodied because they did pick up Vader and do surgery. Right, yeah. So but they had physical where forms. Where did that come Well, Well, what I was trying to say is... That's a pretty cool use of the Force. That like, is, yeah. Because, like, you never really find out why Palpatine is Sith Supreme in this. Right. But this is, like, huge evil sorcerer powers. That's a good point. Like, a good point. Yeah, okay, cool. I was impressed, and it, it, did, it didn't even have so to be a really destructive method. created a method. lot of bodies. Like, yeah. Just like, just Force bodies. Yeah, for sure. From the other side of the See, galaxy while was he was doing other stuff. other trick involved to this, but I mean, no, they were Force bodies. Okay. I mean, Luke Skywalker did one. They were holograms. Luke but, Skywalker did one force body, and it couldn't touch anything. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, Palpatine was probably stronger than Luke, <laughs> Luke ever was. Yeah, yeah. So Palpatine. <laughs> I just like it because it sells him as being super powerful in the force without having to do anything crass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of classy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The next scene, Obi-Wan. It's elegant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Obi-Wan gets to Jantor. He hooks up with Antilles. Both of them are kind of trying to bust out Lady Skywalker. Uh, from her protective custody. Uh, but she's in a prison cell block, so it's not, you know, the kind of homebound protective custody. Mm. They have the help of... Oh, Antilles is looking for help from the Merchanters Guild. That's what, so, that's what they're members of. The Merchanters Guild. You know, they merchant. He also discovered a R2 unit that had slipped away during her captures. So that was her R2 unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And before this, they mentioned 3PO... Yeah, 3PO yes. is Antilles's. Right. Uh, and so we've got we've got some yeah. protagonists together. I missed that highlight because instead of highlighting, I drew, I drew a bird on the page. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and... Wait, what? <laughs> mm. well, that's a good bird. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a chocobo. I'm just not sure why you did it. Because okay, it's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut back to Palpatine, who is honestly getting like... He's like a main character in this. He's getting as much time as anyone else is. Well, he should, because Palpatine means something. Yeah, for sure. Right? I feel like he actually didn't get enough screen time in the, the original pre- movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not the prequels, like the original movies, like, you always wanted to know his motivation. Well, yeah, then I guess you're right, because in the prequels, they don't give you a whole lot, too. You, yeah. Like, they give you more than you think they're going to give you, but then it's just, like, not enough at the same time. I don't yeah. Know. 
He has a prisoner who is Boba Fett, the lone survivor of a group of commandos the Jedi defeated on Mandalore during the Clone Wars. Now, this surprised now, me. Let, let's not try to unpack what is known about Mandalore in the fans, by oh, the fans at this point, time, because I point. don't want to think about it. What, what is the current Mandalore about this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well done. Um, something that I wanted to note is that Boba Fett was a slaver. Was that something that was canon? I think nothing about Boba Fett was known. Right. Right. He's being he was charged. just kind of a vigilante and kind of just bad at what he does. It was mostly just for surviving the Sarlacc pit. Well, if it was basically just a visual design. Yeah. Not Actually, if you'd only seen the movies, he wouldn't have even survived the Sarlacc pit because that was only an extended universe. Yeah, but this was before that, so. But they gave him a yeah. personality trait here. So Among really, the... he was nothing at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, he showed up first in the Star Wars holiday special. How much can you expect from him? Yeah, he was literally, <laughs> no, he was like literally just. A bounty hunter that died right away. Right. Except, I guess, didn't really die. But at the time, in the movies, we thought he died, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he died and never shows up again. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, in this case, he has a personality trait, which is he really friggin' hates Jedi. And one of the things he's being charged with, Tori, here's where you were thinking of, is the cold-blooded murder of the Jedi Kane Starkiller. Mm, refer to Star Wars yes. episode two. Right. That's what I was thinking. Starkiller, of course, the original yeah. name for Luke Skywalker. For Skywalker, yeah. yeah. Which I knew, but I was just like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And Palpatine offers him, well, yeah, well, like, we could punish you, or I could just have you go kill more Jedi. And Boba Fett is like, yeah, that, that sounds good. And Palpatine is doing a lot of... Um making villains turn merchant marine sort of thing. Mm, yeah, uh -huh. privateers. Yeah, privateers. <laughs> That's a great word for it. That's right. And, you know, there's some other business. He tells Prince Valerium to go supervise Lady Arcadia's execution. Then he lets Vader in. Uh -huh. um, and he shows Vader that Lady Arcadia has been murdered by the other Jedi. For reasons. Because uh, Jedi are mean, girl. Yeah, Jedi. Freaking Jedi. Yeah, they never established what caused Vader to really turn to Palpatine's side at this no. point, to be honest. That's a little frustrating. Like, but he must have been suspicious of the Jedi, because otherwise the scene makes no sense. Right. And like, like, but we don't even know anything about his origin story at this point, about yeah. Anakin's origin story. We just know that he was tricked by Palpatine into retrieving the crystal, rebuilt, and then influenced in a dark training. So essentially a brainwashing is what happened mm. now. And like, we would have started this movie with all that stuff happening in the previous movies. Yeah, right. we would have known more about previous Palpatine's influence, I suppose. Yeah. Though I can't necessarily say that I don't just take that away from the having seen the prequel movies. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. So this one does seem a little disconnected in that sense. It should be some you know. reminders to why or motivation. Yeah. I mean, they do imply that he's tricked, and then they just say he's tricked and then imply he's brainwashed. So I, I don't even know if they imply he's brainwashed. At, at this point, this scene ends. goes a dark training. Yeah, but, so. you know, educational. <laughs> I guess. There's evil math or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but he's also, like, revived by these people and then, like, inundated into their cult, essentially. Like, he would have been dead otherwise. So I yeah, feel like there, there should have be been more explicit, of, I guess, yeah. is what I feel, but... Well, in this case, Palpatine shows him images of his former mate, I have no idea what the relationship is, being murdered. And when the last image vanishes, the Dark Lord, fooled by the false images, stands, ignites his lightsaber, and strikes the crystal globe with monumental anger. And this rage completes Vader's journey to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure anger leads to hate, which leads to suffering, which leads to the dark side. 
So they're, they're skipping uh, a few steps. Wait. Fear leads to anger. Yeah. Anger leads to hate. Mm, this no. is the condensed version. Right. <laughs> These it was to anger, anger leads to hate. Hate leads to the dark side. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering is the dark side. I don't know. We, we are Sorry, such good Star, Star Wars, Wars fans. fans. I, know. I know. We're doing that really bad. We can't bad. quote that, the quote from the prequels that everybody loves so much. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good one. Even so, this, this kind of re- replaces the actual um, prequel scene, which consists entirely of Vader stepping off the, the slab and going, where's Brad Bear? <laughs> <laughs> She's dead. And him just going, no! Which I'll be so, a Nazi now. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, we all experience loss. Yeah, can we talk dude. about the prequels? Like, that, that Vader jump yeah. was huge and inexplicable. I mean, just, just from, like, like this one random is moody kind teen of. to murdering the, the young Yeah, kids. no, that was the worst. <laughs> it was just the worst. This is a lot better because they don't even try to explain that Anakin was a good guy before. It's just, like, he was a Jedi. He might have been okay. Like, he was probably a good guy in, the, in movie one and movie two. Yeah. And, yeah. Next, and at the end of movie two, he got turned and started just, movie three. I like this because you get more imagination. Like, Anakin might have started out just kind of like an asshole and mm. just went further asshole. Or there could have been external circumstances. But really, nothing happened to make him so evil in the prequels. It was just mm. like, wow, you're just kind of... Just, yeah. Can, can well, I just mention the murdering the youngling scene in the theater? Yeah. That was one of the movies where I was still watching oh. it on the release date when it came out. Yeah. So I was watching it with a bunch of other geeks who watched it like a midnight showing. And even they didn't have any mercy for it when they had like the him facing the children. Like, it was like, Master Skywalker, what are you doing? He just turns on the lightsaber. There was a chuckle slash laugh through the entire theater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I laughed there too. Yeah, it was I know. hilarious. <laughs> Actually, what I did want to say, because you bring up, a, like, that's what you're bringing up for me, is that in this, he turns fully evil, like, after he gets, like, his dark training. Right. Whereas in that, it like, after he gets burnt. Right. And almost, like, like he goes through a traumatic experience, and it changes his life. Yeah. That's what makes the prequel so uncanny, is that he's turning evil before any of that happens. Like, there's no reason he has a wife that like or a girlfriend that loves him like he's got all this stuff going on for him and he's still hot and all that stuff I know that Hayden Christensen is hot I don't think he is but he's fine sorry Whatever. Hayden Christensen sorry Hayden Christensen <laughs> at least not in those movies anyway he's like doing fine but he's still turning evil uh, there, there's lots of things we could say about the episode 3 in but particular but I did want to say let's, that, talk, like, let's live in a better meant, world <laughs> that's what I meant about this is that this he doesn't start turning evil until after he's nearly burnt to death basically yeah. like he kind of fights does he fight Obi-Wan he kind of does but it's only about this like weird misunderstanding it seems anyway now Obi-Wan and Antilles in scene 10 they, they bust out Lady Arcadia and she immediately starts going into contractions or maybe she already was because you know yeah. that's that's how things go in an action movie where somebody is pregnant. I mean, stress, right? That's a thing? No, it is. I mean, it's yeah, a thing. It absolutely true. is. And so, you know, there's a there's an action scene. In the middle of it, Kenobi... Kenobi? Why am I calling him Kenobi? Because the script is calling him Kenobi. Yes. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan senses Anakin's turn to the dark side in his rage, and he has a moment where he's like, well, that's not good. <laughs> well, that's mm-hmm. all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not much he can do about it. And they manage to escape... Um, he, Kenobi does not go with Antilles on the freighter escaping with Arcadia because he he explains that he needs to go warn his fellow knights of Vader's treachery. Good job, Obi-Wan. <laughs> and I guess they don't have cell phones in the distant future past because 
I don't know. He he doesn't make phone calls. Yep. Well, you know, minutes are expensive. That's true. Yeah. He and probably only has local. It's like interplanetary calls, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like twice the rate. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we get the moment, the contractually obligated villain moment, where uh, Prince Valerium, who was the one who was supposed to go kill Skywalker and who just got beaten up by some protagonists, goes back to Palpatine, and Palpatine strikes him down and is like, do not fail me again. And he also orders the arrest of Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, which I would have thought he would have done before, like at the same time he was assassinating the other senator. Well, he was I- assassinating other people like on the sidelines, like not in the main spotlight. This is a big public move. Right. That's true. Searching the whole city. Right. It, this is the turning point from clandestine dealings to I'm the emperor now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a scene 12 where uh, Antilles and and Skywalker get back to the starship and she gives birth. The moment is a joyous mystic one as Luke and Leia take their first breath and begin crying. So I'm glad they go straight to crying babies because uh, that's the baby experience, except actually maybe not, sometimes not in the first moments, whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, as long as they get the mystic magic swords right, that's cool. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> mystic and magic. Yes. Um, but the special sound of babies crying brings a detachment of troops down upon them. You know. I like the author's note here. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that they, he's like, oh, build suspense here about, oh, the troops are coming down on them. But actually, it's Bail Organa's personal guard. Yeah, it's and they, they make a note to say they're dressed differently from stormtroopers. But there should still be audience suspense. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I thought was funny, I read this line over and over again, the special sound of babies crying. Yes. I was like... Is there another word they could have used there? Like, I really thought in my head I was, like, special. I I mean, it is special. Like, it's unique. And special implies something kind of nice. But Mm -hmm. it just... I I couldn't... This word special just had such a strange resonance in that. I just listen to babies crying all the time. I know. Put on loop. Yeah. (laughs) I just... I was like, it is a unique sound, but... I know they're trying to, like, convey that, that there's, like, the miracle of birth, right? But, like, special seems to both, like, minimize it and also, like, make it into something kind of good when babies crying is actually kind of a grating sound. Like, oh, they're alive, that's great. But they feel like they should have used something, like, more, like, miraculous or... I don't... Mm. The word was a weird word. Well, it just seems like a note to the sound editor, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Sound engineer. Pull out that special special sound of baby crying. The special baby crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We switch back to our protagonist, Palpatine, who has, like, every other scene. And he's plotting a unique political move that will destroy Lady Arcadia's influence with the Merchanders Guild and further his cement his power with commerce and industry. So I'm already out again. I'm like, forget it. <laughs> wait, wait, what does he do with the galactic exchange rate? <laughs> <laughs> but then he's struck down by a bad force feeling. There's other words they use to describe this. <laughs> no, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is. Premonitions, a tremor in the force. This is from The Birth of Small Babies. <laughs> and not at all the direct uh, uh, Bible ripoff. It's totally a Bible ripoff. Yeah. Um, Ghost Hole 
King Herod. I don't even know if you can say you can rip off the Bible anymore. Like, (laughs) everything has biblical allusions. Like, let's calm down on that one. No, no, no. Everything's biblical allusions or Star Wars references. (laughs) And Star Wars is an analogy. It's a a rip-off. You don't get permission from the original author, you know? That's true. So if you don't get Jesus' permission... Like St. Peter, actually. (laughs) Yeah, you there's know? a lot of authors of the Bible. Yeah, Let's just put that. The Council of Nicaea, you have to ask them. Which King... books are allowed to rip off and which ones do you destroy? We can ask King Jim if we're allowed to. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good point, though, Dom. Hmm. My working definition of fan fiction is that there needs to be a single author <laughs> who can be identified. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is so that the like whole Arthurian canon or like sure. our Greek myth is not fan fiction <laughs> for our working work. There needs to be a distinct author that you identify, mm-hmm. and the author of the fan fiction needs to have not gotten the permission of that author or their estate. <laughs> mm. So the New Testament, a lot of it, is actually fair game to write fan fiction about. Mm. Like, uh, But there's not a single author of the New Testament. But but from, I like, my mind's just blown. There's all kinds of Revelations fan fiction. <laughs> there was absolutely a single author of Revelations, and people write fanfic of it all the time. There's the And old- they don't have his permission. Well, there's that or that of his estate. Whole movie franchise, like Left Behind or something? Absolutely. Yeah. So for oh, next week, yes. we're going to be reading oh, Left Behind. No. no. <laughs> Have I done? Undo. Control Z. Uh, <laughs> the kid from Growing Pains? Yeah. Is that the one? Uh, I know, but the name's not going to occur to me until the mic's off. All right. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Yeah. Yep. That's we it. will table that idea for later. The point is that now... <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Palpatine senses the birth of a son that would one day challenge his power and, you know, nearby. Mm-hmm. So like a normal sane person, he orders every newborn son killed. King Herod special, yeah. Yes. Yep. The, this, the text says the character should be played much like Herod's in the New Testament. Yeah. Yes, and the author also states that when this does happen, it should be, like, implied and not explicitly shown, mm-hmm. such as in many depictions of, like... It reminded me of depictions I've seen of, like, the Moses story. Like, remember the the animated film Prince of Egypt? Oh, yeah. This wasn't out at the time, but, like, I've seen other depictions <laughs> of this where it's, like, the, the Holy Ghost sweeps through and kills the firstborn child, and it's, like, it's all implied, but right. it's very harsh yeah. and, like, visceral. They, uh, that was kind of the impression I got. Uh, they they mentioned it know. to not show it in order to keep the reading down. There's actually right. several times of brutal but violence in this script. terrifying. Where, where the author's like... But don't show this directly. Do mm-hmm. it more artfully than that, which is kind of nice notes. Including the mm-hmm. fake scene of the of the murder. Right, the fake scene that of, of a lady Anakin Skywalker's wor- murder. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then that was good that they mentioned that too. You know. And then we have something that I did not like from, in particular, from the real episode three happening again in this. 1986 or whatever episode 3 the order 66 that's right still very strange because I I had to recollect and realize that the Obi-Wan and um, Anakin Skywalker battle still happened in this a while ago like when they fought and that somehow was the thing that destroyed Anakin's body that's never implied in the movies like isn't it wait what is it oh oh, oh, implied in the original trilogy in the original trilogy no I think that was I don't know what like, the state of the I don't know where they got that idea. Like, it, who knows? Like, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, but I just realized that. The so point is, this on. is just executive order, whatever. 66. Happened. 66. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, people busting into an exotic saloon and eliminating a the Jedi there. It that's was actually a lot, lot cooler than the actual prequels, Order 66 montage. Why is that? 
Um, the original Order 66 montage was just a bunch of Jedi moving with the troopers, and the troopers would just stop and turn and shoot the Jedi. No, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. This mm-hmm. is like hunting throughout the galaxy. You could imagine the kind of stories that went on. It it felt more interesting. Oh, yeah, I see. You're right. They didn't do that originally. So the fact here, that one I was just talking about under my breath, where they barge into Darth Vader and a handful of Palpatine's assassins, barge into an exotic saloon and eliminate an alien-looking Jedi amidst screams and mass hysteria from the patrons. Yeah. And it's like a montage of Jedi being murdered all over the place. Mm-hmm. And also Jedi being murdered personally by Darth Vader and Boba Fett. Yes. That's right. Which is kind of Because awesome those story. are the people who were ordered to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the remaining Jedi Knights make a final stand so they can have a set-piece fight scene. Right. And, you know, that's fair. And they manage to kill a lot of people, and then they're killed, and that's how things go. Right. So this implies that Boba Fett is fairly old by the time the original movies start, because yeah. Luke's still a baby, but he's yeah. only, like, 18 at the start, so he's right. not... He, I guess he could have been, like, 20... And then 38, that's not that Yeah, long. like as a 32-year-old yeah. in 18 years, I'd like to think I could still go murder Jedi. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, totally. It's you, just As long as you keep funny. it up, some things you, you never lose. You know? Right. Yeah. No, it's just funny because like, you, t- you tend to think of characters I mean, murdering Jedi's being awesome, in, you know? in their 30s or in their 20s, but, but, you know, Boba Fett's, I guess, like, been grown for a minute. And so the thing is, this Jedi murder is clearly not happening all at the same time, so a lot... There must have been a whole lot of hunting and traveling around, and the time frame, I do not really understand. Yeah. At the end of it, Vader looks over the battlefield, takes a deep breath, and says, Kenobi, I will deal with you myself. And Obi-Wan hears that, but they're on a spaceship. And he... They're going somewhere where there were Jedi, and he finds the dead bodies of the Jedi, and he builds a pyre. Good job, Ben. Yeah, I mean... Too late. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the time frame's unclear. But the protagonists make it to Alderaan. And Bail Organa's there. Uh, no word about Satch. <laughs> but he's, you know, part of the proto-rebellion, like people who are worried about the whole situation and kind of recruits them in to help out. They need to... Um, they're evacuating the Alderanian embassy, I guess. Uh, I don't know. What's going on? A bunch of stuff is happening. Yeah, they're, they're evacuating their holdings on Jantor or whatever. Yeah. They're trying, trying to make it out of the system alive. Mm-hmm. Vader gets to go back and report a success to Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, okay, what about Obi-Wan Kenobi, that one guy with the cool name? And Vader's like, um... Oops. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a private matter to settle. No, dude, I, I got it. I got this. Don't, don't even worry. Yeah. Not even a second. This is all me. I'm sorry. My bad, but I will get this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 shipping lanes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Palpatine kills Valerium because he's like, oh, you know, my control, which I have seized now, talking mm-hmm. to all my underlings, is predicated on everyone doing what I say and not failing me or else mm-hmm. I kill them. Mm-hmm. And remember how you failed me, Prince Valerium? I'm killing you now for it. <laughs> I, I was just waiting yeah. for a good moment to make an example of you. Right. It wasn't that I wasn't going to kill you. I'm sorry <laughs> if there was a misunderstanding there. It's just the staging wasn't right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fate of those who fail me is death, says Palpatine. But you two should keep that in mind, too, just okay. as this podcast oh, goes forward. Wait. What? Oh. <laughs> i got to read that contract better. <laughs> we have a contract? <laughs> 
Um, the fate of those who fail in his death. <laughs> so I realized I was mistaken before. Our protagonists are not gathering on Alderaan. They're gathering on the Alderanian embassy on Jantor. Right. And that's where Bail Organa is. And, you know, Arcadia and the babies and Antilles get there, except Antilles is actually, like, not present mysteriously for some reason. Obi-Wan gets back, uh, and he's like, oh, all the Jedi Knights are dead. And everyone's like, shit. And we get our kind of end of the movie setup for the action, which is that Palpatine's taking control of the Starfleet, which, is that what it's called in Star Wars? This is not suddenly a Star Trek crossover? Um, I think uh, that's a general term for yeah, okay. a fleet it's of starships. A fleet of stars. Wait, wait. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you have your star fleet, and you have your ocean fleet, and you have your land fleet. Oh, yeah. Your that's sky right. fleet. Your droid fleet. <laughs> your plasma fleet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Palpatine's star fleet have formed a perimeter blockade. They're trying to get any, you know, kind of political dissenters uh, dead, including Bail Organa, mm-hmm. to prevent him from leaving and force him to surrender his ground troops. Mm-hmm. Actually, the copy I have says ground oops, but I <laughs> assume it meant ground troops. You never know. <laughs> leaving and force him to surrender his ground oops. Yes. <laughs> oops, that was a mistake. Oops, what did I do? Oh, no. And he's about to surrender when suddenly a bunch of Merchander Guild members show up, representatives from a bunch of other planets. They've got, you know, a bunch of ships kind of hastily loaded for combat. Um, and they are with them. Not even Merchant's Guild, Merchanders Guild. Merchanders Guild. And that's who Antilles was off rounding up. And, like, both... Both Bail Organa and Lady Arcadia were involved in the formation of the Merchanters Guild. We're supposed to probably know these people. If this was the third movie in a trilogy, we'd probably be like, oh yeah, it's that guy who was... From the first movie. From the first movie. In the the background for a second. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And they get ready to run the blockade. And this brings everybody's spirits up, and they have a big space fight mm-hmm. in space. Yeah, very Star Wars. Well, I mean, a few other things happened before. That Obi-Wan has to have that awkward conversation with Lady Arcadia, where he's like, mm, it might be that that person you loved is a hideous monster now, more machine than man. <laughs> yeah, not maybe the most delicate way to They didn't have to sell it too hard, though, I think, right? No, mm-hmm. she, she was like, uh, yeah, it's been a few months. Like, the relationship's been going downhill. I, I, kinda, yeah, it kind of implies I kinda that... I just figured he would have turned into a evil robot it implies that there's something before this that informed that (laughs) yes yes which does help you know the the whole like uh why did you fight your best friend to Mm -hmm. the death sort of thing (laughs) which i failed to acknowledge before when i was suggesting that the evilness happened more later than anything Mm -hmm. i will admit my mistake because they must have been evil before if obi-wan was trying to fight him to the death so what else And this is also when they arrange for the children. And Kenobi's like, I'll take uh, Luke to live with my brother Owen on Tatooine. And that, it makes way more sense for Owen to be a -hmm. relation of Kenobi's than a relation... Isn't he a relation of Anakin's in the actual, like, prequels? Owen Owen and Beru... No, they're relations of Anakin's mother. Aren't they? I think so. Yeah, Anakin's mom was sold as a slave and then became a wife... 
But why would you leave Luke there? <laughs> like, wouldn't yeah, Darth Vader maybe go check sometime? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. the possibility there? Because anyway. Anakin is from Tatooine. Yeah. Not- I think that was what was implied by the the um, the prequels, though I don't remember directly. I'm sure any greater fans could tell us. But definitely your own sibling makes a lot, lot more sense. Yes. <laughs> Certainly. Especially if I'm sure Kenobi knows whether Anakin knows about his family situation, right? He this must not be common knowledge that he has mm. relatives on Tatooine, this backwater dust ball. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to tell people about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to tell people that I have relatives in Idaho, probably. You know, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that then, seems similar. Yeah. <laughs> arranging for Leia to live as the daughter of Senator Organa on Alderaan makes less sense. Yeah, but their hands kind of tied by continuity at that point. Well, they didn't have mm-hmm. to make Bail Organa a well-known, like, kind of Senator? political opponent of Palpatine, right? Whatever. The point is then we get a, a star blockade run action sequence. Right. The author makes a note that, like, t- Star Destroyers, Death Stars, and TIE Fighters have not been developed yet. Because they're not uh, an empire on war footing at, right. at the moment. They've got heavy cruisers, destroyers, and spacecraft carriers, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, um, fighting happens. Mm-hmm. Space fighting. Yes. Probably some people shoot targets that are as small as a wombat nest. Womp rat. Womp rat. Mm. Wombat. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Space wombat. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I'm sure it would look cool in in film. And then, like, redone <laughs> years later. Redone digitally. In shitty CG. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, Owen is Anakin's stepbrother because his father remarried Anakin's mother, Shmi. Yeah, that is the last what person I, I would leave a baby I was trying to hide yeah, from Anakin so with. literally, like... Yeah. It's like, even as an evil dictator, emperor person, like, they'd still check on their mom and their mom's family, right? Like, you can't yeah. rule out the possibility that they will. Or that someone will. Right. Or, or that the emperor will look right. down relations of the of Darth Vader in order to keep Darth Vader in control. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway. What else? The, <laughs> the, the space fight ends with, like, Palpatine Starfleet destroying or capturing a bunch of vessels, but... Scattered throughout the galaxy were rebellious pirates and outlaws that he would one day have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's seated that this is where a lot of the you know future military force of the rebellion is going to come the, from. The Rebel Alliance. Yeah, yeah. the Rebel Alliance. Re- rebellions. Rebellions. <laughs> and so that's cool. Like that. That seems well done to me. Mm-hmm. And then you've got three scenes of epilogue. We have a uh, Jantor, Emperor Palpatine, with Darth Vader, the Darth Lord of the Sith, at his side, smiles malevolently. As he plots his next move as his assembled troops chant, Long live Emperor Palpatine, long live the Empire. Alderaan, mm-hmm. Lady Arcadia Skywalker, now a common servant in the Organa household, sings her daughter to sleep under the watchful censors of R2-D2 and C-3PO, while Beryl Organa awards Captain Antilles with a commission in his service. Mm-hmm. Now, that, unlike actual episode 3, fits with the continuity that Leia remembers their mother some. Yeah, and that she yes. died when she was young. Yes. And, like, she knows that, you know, Arcadia Skywalker was her mother, probably. And then mm-hmm. she'll, you know, she, whatever, knows she's adopted by the the family, whatever. That is well set up also. It's a, it's a nice end of a story. And finally, Obi-Wan delivers the infant boy to his brother, Owen Lars, and disappears into the desert wasteland. He's just like, here's a baby. 
<laughs> oh, catch it. Now it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> well. No take backs. No take backs. <laughs> there's been a lot of implication that <laughs> Bale and his wife wanted to have a child, but. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, but also, at least as of A New Hope, uh, they don't seem to be very fond of Obi-Wan. Mm. No. They're like, oh, that old coot. I mean, they did the shop and then gave him a kid and walked away. Yeah, I guess that's the last time they like, saw no, him. No child support, nothing. Yeah, it's you know point. how hard it is to raise people on a desert planet? I mean, they have to farm for water. Well, maybe <laughs> uh, maybe the implication is that Obi-Wan was like, hey, I found a baby. You should probably just have it. And they're like, chill, a baby. And then they're like, this is Darth Vader's kid. Obi-Wan, come on. Come on, man. You, you could have mentioned that before. I, sorry. <laughs> I dropped my phone he, over that. <laughs> I'm not sure he mentions that ever, though. And all he does is disappear into the desert wasteland, awaiting the day when Luke would claim the lightsaber of his father from him and become a man. Now, I still have not claimed the lightsaber of my father, so... No. <laughs> so a, you are not a man. I am not a man. I don't yeah, know exactly I haven't either. either yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> but that explains a lot about us, yeah. Tom. I think if I found it, I'd toss it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just like the glove. I'd probably eBay it, I think. Yeah. I'd probably, probably get a nice chunk like, of Wait, this makes me a man? Let's get rid of it as fast as possible. Let me trade it for like a Pokemon card. It's a vintage lightsaber. Mm. Yeah, vintage lightsaber. <laughs> What's the thing that makes me not a man? <laughs> no lightsaber. Oh, one of the Obviously. ancient Mew cards. There you go. I, I already have like three of those. That's not a... <laughs> yeah, I have three also. I'm just saying it explains a lot. <laughs> So that is the fall of the Republic. Now, uh, uh, I think I had more fun talking about it with you than I had fun reading it. But that's not to say it's bad. Like It was a nice little thing. It was a short script. It took, like, what, an hour to read or something? Yeah, most. it's like 6,000 words. Yeah, it took yeah. less than an hour. It was 29 minutes for my phone to read it out loud to me. And that's, like, slower than I was not paying reading. attention to the time. <laughs> that's yeah. slower than reading with your mind, usually. Anyway, my, my main point is uh, it was just way, way better than the episode three that we're familiar with. But, like, if there wasn't a terrible episode three, would we still like this? I think uh, that I would like it. I would like it fine, I guess. Yeah. I think I would like it in the sense that it provided an explanation. Um, I think the parts that I would object to are mostly the parts that were similar to the episode three that we're familiar with. I was prepared to be grumpy about the... Uh, MacGuffin crystal at the mm-hmm. like in the opening crawl I was like oh it's, it's all gonna revolve you know. around some mystic crystal and it immediately gets broken and doesn't matter to the plot and I was like oh that's great that is kind of nice like yeah. that, that seems very maybe it's more like the new Star Wars it, it movies it just adds Honestly. into a little bit of lore for um, for a Vader's uh, lightsaber yeah which is cool yeah. it reminded and, me oh sorry go on uh, I was just gonna say it, it also, you know, would be a twist if you were doing episode two and it was all about, oh, the crystal, the crystal, the crystal. And episode three, it's like, oh, uh, no, never mind episode the crystal. Three, Anakin sure. dies, crystal shattered, first 30 minutes. Honestly, right. it really <laughs> reminded me of some of the Extended Universe stuff, like, especially the ones about the kids, like, um, Leon Han's kids, where, like, a lot of it is finding the crystals for their lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And, like, as they go through the new Jedi Academy, they have to find, like, the particular crystals for their lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And I really liked when they explained that in the Extended Universe books, which weren't out yet at this point in time that the author had written this but like it reminded me of that and i like the feel of that because it also felt very star wars like there's kind of a mystery in this in the world of star wars like midi-chlorians were awful because they made it like a weird like <laughs> they made it medical they made it medical yeah that's not fun i, I still bring that up every time i, I see cj now <laughs> i try to work that into every conversation poor cj <laughs> 
But don't you think that's too much emphasis on the specialness of crystals? Because I remember when I was a Jedi, just swapping out the crystal in my lightsaber all the time to eke out an extra plus one to damage. No, or, you know, you circumstantial AC bonus. Your mm. own special crystal. <laughs> you no. have to, like, search for it for, like... No, years, I, right? I remember having at least two lightsabers at any given time and swapping out each crystal to get the best, you know, addition. Absolutely. And one was Stop purple it. and one was also purple. Well, You're ruining <laughs> my child. <laughs> Mine were different colors, I think, just out of necessity for the min-maxing. Mm. <laughs> those, those, those crystals just happen to be different colors. I think KOTOR is the highest point <laughs> of Star Wars continuity, Tori, and anything that contradicts KOTOR is probably wrong. I'm not going to say I don't like KOTOR, but I do think <laughs> it takes liberties with what I consider to be the real Star Wars. Yeah, there wasn't enough Mandalorians in this, so I'm not so sure. Oh, God. <laughs> no, the fewer Mandalorians, the better. That's how I feel. So, um, in terms of things to complain about, it is kind of annoying that this is episode three and we're so. And there's references to things from episodes one and two. If you're going to make your own prequel trilogy, maybe like... Make your own trilogy. Make your own prequel trilogy. They yeah. Literally made reference to things that they had not written. Right. That, apparently. that was distressing. Yeah, I, I don't know the details, but apparently not. Yeah. Well, anyway. Apparently it was popular enough to be, like, it, and well enough written to be proclaimed to be the actual script for a potential episode three. By so. people who didn't know what they were talking about, yes. Yeah, but, like, a well enough to be popularized <laughs> as such, so, like, you know. I think I might pay four bucks for this. I don't think I'd pay 15 four, bucks for this. But four mm. bucks in 1983? Uh, yeah, geek stuff is more expensive than regular stuff, so... Alright. As geek stuff goes... And remember, inflation, that's you can't fine. read it on the internet either. No. In 1983. Exactly, so... I still don't know how I'd feel. I definitely wouldn't pay the 15 bucks in 1983. Because no. that would have been like 30 bucks or something. No. Oh, that's too much. Not, not if George Lucas themselves are trying to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, George Lucas. George, no, I got, I got some other shit to buy. No. I'm gonna write my own. <laughs> Well, if if we're still on the complaining part, mm-hmm. this being a spec script, which is apparently what you actually no fan a story treatment. This being a story treatment, which is apparently what you actually call this. I don't know, we should ask a Hollywood person. The only other thing is that it doesn't really give me a sense of the characters. Like I don't know, I don't know what Bail Organa's like really, or Captain Antilles, or even or Skywalker. Like I can kind of in, I know Obi Wan from the original trilogy. Or even so, Vader, really. Even Vader. Yeah. Palpatine kind of gets. A little better, uh, but that's because he's a, of a personality. Yeah. But, but that's because his personality is mustache twirling villain. Like yeah. I understand that personality. So I think if I got this, I'd be like, okay, uh, give a second pass and come, come back to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and like write in punchy dialogue like Star Wars needs. Sure. Yeah, and, you yeah know, there was no dialogue really. No, no. There, like the dialogue that he puts in is like this is where it's important for these people to convey specific information to each other. Yeah, which yes. makes sense given what this is. So there's a lot of room for like a. A writer's room to fill it with stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like the attention to continuity. Uh, you know, as a total geek, I like that he took what is what is known is in continuity, like what is known from the original trilogy. Um, and it felt like a better explanation about how the emperor took over. Yeah. Than just getting one vote and then becoming the magical mystery. Yeah, yeah he, it's basically a coup. But only once he has seated a bunch of other people who are in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And so that, that seems totally it's fair. Sort of a light Caesar style coup. Yeah. 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 But I feel like that would have always been implied if we'd known he was a senator. I'm just trying to rack my brain to remember if we knew that at that time. Mm. So that's a little frustrating. That's unknown. And there's no yeah. way any of us could possibly know, Tori. No, I do we know. Could it's impossible. Look, no, okay, never mind. Unknown knowledge. We, we just can't know. I mean, Thank I, you for they that, do play, motto. Play I won't like, even try. Like episodes four, five, and six on TV all the time. But <laughs> no, I didn't know. I mean, I, yeah, like, 
you know, we can watch those in any possible format. Um, What I did, yeah, what I was going to say is, yeah, it was hard. I had to read it twice because it was so short. I feel like it glossed a lot. Though, even though it glossed a lot, and I guess I consider this praise, even though it glossed a lot, you still got a lot of flavor. You got an idea of a story, even though it was so very, very short. And I think part of that was because you could fill in the blanks with your knowledge of the flavor in the universe of Star Wars. Like, especially if you do have like knowledge of extended universe stuff, like the flavor that the authors captured here has really kind of thrown you into the universe. You can fill in a lot of the gaps. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that, yeah, we brought up as questions, like, why did that happen? But it was easy for us to speculate on because the yeah. author has kind of predicated their story on the fact that we would have that that background. Yeah. And, and, and that worked. And I think that process would even be kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to fill in a lot of these gaps. I totally. think that the Yoda... That's why I read it twice. The, the Yoda know? expository thing needs uh, some work. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not top-tier Yoda. No. Um, but yeah, there's like you can't be too angry at it because it's a pretty serviceable effort for no, what it's trying to do. There's really nothing to be angry about. It just reads like a first draft yeah. that needs to be fleshed out. Which like, like it kind of begs to be fleshed out. Yeah. It, that's the only frustrating thing is like, <laughs> why didn't you flesh this out? Like, there's so much potential. Printing there. costs. Story. It, it, it feels like hopeful I and guess. full potential. It kind yeah. of lifts you up a bit. <laughs> it does. Yeah. We are used to reading fan fiction that was published on the internet, and so. You know, it can be 17,000 words, or it can be 170,000 words, or it can be, you know, 1,700,000 words, and, and it doesn't really was matter. what, like 1,000 words? Uh, 6,000. Yeah. And, and you know, they were, they were printing it on their own dime to distribute at, like, conventions and hope people would pay a few bucks for them. But to be fair, it was written in, like, more of a storyboard format than a narrative format. Yeah. So they were able to convey a lot more story in that 6,000 words, but, yeah. So, I, I think... I think we thumbs up. If if you like Star Wars and like alternate Star Warses and are angry at the prequels to the low level that probably any Star Wars fan is, then I would recommend checking it out. It's not a yeah. huge investment of your time. No, it's not. No, no it doesn't take very long to read. I, I definitely think it's worth reading. It, it definitely made me feel like I would definitely substitute this for episode three in my brain at any given point in time and be totally happy with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, not that that's saying much because episode three was the probably the worst of the movies. Sorry, but that just is. My point being, this actually made me feel like, ah, something to replace it with. It's similar, but much better. I think we're, we're anxious to find something to replace the prequels with. We are. Yeah. But this does it very well because it has certain parallels mm-hmm. while being ultimately just ten times better. By the way, well, I'm not sure I'd pay four bucks in 1983. Cause, what does that come to? Uh, it comes out to $10 of current buying. Uh, hour. I have paid that much for Dojinshi, but it would be like something really thick. Yeah, this is yeah. six thousand words. And it's not yeah. that many. I pay like five bucks, I think, with a day. Yeah, nice cover, yeah. nice color. Yeah, unlike yeah. this one. Yep. Uh, in any case, though, you know, I'd pay the ten bucks now, mm-hmm. given that it's helping to replace my horrible memories of the actual episode three. Just saying. <laughs> oh yeah, for now, yeah, definitely. At this point, yeah, like. If I had to pay ten bucks in order for this to replace my memories of episode three, totally would have done it. But like, would you buy those? Like at the time, the only three movies are out. Nineteen eighty-three. Here's a. You're anxious, like you're, you're eager. Anxious for yeah. Hmm. And you're talking about knowing full well that it's just a fan treatment, not yeah. from Lucas, right? But that brings me back to my earlier question: like, how many fan treatments were out there? I don't know. 
the this fact is the that famous someone, one, though. like, yeah, bought this is a famous one. So I don't know if like if that's the only one at the con, you know, maybe perhaps, yeah. yeah. And Tori, if, if you're talking about replacing the original episode three in your mind, then when you write some Star Wars fan fiction, by all means, base it off of this continuity. Mm. And uh, any listeners do that too. <laughs> I prefer to base it off of the uh, like already established extended universe continuity, but. It's right, a Flynnverse or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was Fall of the Republic, the Star Wars treatment by John L. Flynn, published in 1983. I did not mention where to find it online, but there's a copy on, I think it's Star Wars, Z, with a Z, dot com. Uh, the short link to it is bit.ly slash rfrfall. And next time, we are jumping forward in time to 2002 and also forward in time to the modern day, but the magic modern day. I don't know where I was going with that. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're reading a Harry Potter fanfic. Oh, that, that takes place in the 90s, actually. I think. Does it? Oh, yeah. all of it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yep. And <laughs> that it, is in a this long particular fanfiction, Ginny was born in 1981, so... Well, there you go. So it's 92, because Ginny's 11 in this. Yeah, are which surprised me, because I thought I was similar to the age of Harry Potter, so... Oh, so when we read this fanfic, I will keep in mind that uh, Power Rangers will be starting up any time, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. in a year or so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, there you go. watch TV. In That's how I judge all time. <laughs> That's when Power Rangers started. Before Power, Power Rangers, after Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> I mean, APR, APR. <laughs> Pokemon is also an acceptable rubric. Mm-hmm. This fanfic is going to be The Very Secret Diary. It is a Harry Potter fanfic by Arabella, published 2002 again. It's pretty well known. It's very, very Chamber of Secrets. And so, if you don't remember Chamber of Secrets, I might recommend refreshing yeah, your memory a little bit. It's like a prequel to Chamber of Secrets. Kind I of think it's like first a prequel, then it is through. concurrent. Yeah. No, it's concurrent all the way through. Oh, you're right, what? it is, because Chamber of Secrets oh. starts before the incident where Ginny gets that journal. See, I didn't read Chamber right. of Secrets, yeah. so it, I your problem. It starts with Harry Potter arriving at the Weasleys, and that happens a few chapters into um, Chamber of Secrets. Okay, no, you're quite go. right. Yeah. And that's where the fan fiction, yeah, there yeah. you go. You can find that, uh, maybe other places, but there's a copy that was archived on fanfiction.net. It's not the original posting of it. The short link to there is bit.ly slash rfrsecret. And I'm already having a lot of fun reading it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, maybe check it out, or maybe yeah. wait until we talk about it at great length Actually, and get distracted a lot. Something that I have an opportunity to do right now that I haven't had before because I haven't pre-read a lot of our fanfiction before is I think, you know... I want to introduce that there's a trigger warning warning on this one for, mm-hmm. like, grooming-style abuse. So if that is triggering for you, I would suggest maybe avoiding the reading of this one. Um, and perhaps maybe we should start introducing trigger warnings in the future is my suggestion. So I've had to put go. up one or two on the posts just mm-hmm. in text. Um, yes. But you're right. We so probably should that one mention that right a little now. bit. Yeah. yeah, this one has a lot of that. So mm-hmm. there you go. This was episode 19 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Fall of the Republic by John L. Flynn. You can find a copy of it on StarWarsWithAZ.net, but the link there that you can follow is bit.ly slash rfrfall. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podmean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. 
We also have a Twitter, which is hashtag RetroFanfic. And, um, at RetroFanfic. Is that what you call it? Yes. Oh, a hashtag is a different thing. Yes. I am very good at Twitter. <laughs> We're all very great at yes. all social media. What are you talking about? Uh, is this about birds again, Amato? <laughs> at RetroFanfic. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can contact us there. You can send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. You could leave notes or reviews to the episodes or to our podcast in general, especially on, what is it, the Apple one, the iTunes one? That is that is especially helpful. Yeah, that would make us more discoverable on uh, Apple iTunes. Yes, and everybody needs to know. Apple iTunes. Yes, as opposed to the other iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm We're Am- so good at this. <laughs> We're so great at this. <laughs> I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We're just three Earth life forms, except that the birthplace of our species might actually be Coruscant. John Tor, I think. Yeah. Uh, John Tor, whatever. <laughs> trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Bye. May, may some force be with you. May one force be with you. Wait, no. Any no. force. <laughs>